Uh, welcome to the latest episode of the Love Sport Podcast. John and Paul, as always, joined by my old man Gary, who knows more sport than I will ever know. This is the Love Sport Podcast. Another beautiful week of sport. The Love Sport Podcast is back, giving you opinions that you probably don't care about. Paul, your host. I've got John, my beautiful co-host online. Hello. Beautiful, beautiful entrance as always there, John. And we've got my old man, Gary, who will correct me on everything that I say tonight. How are you doing, Gaz? Good, thanks, Paul and John. Actually, beautiful. Hey, Gary, how you doing, mate? Good, thanks, Paddy. He's breaking his uh, he's breaking his virgin duck in podcasting, John. He can talk uh, underwater about sport, but this is his first time uh, in a podcast. So we might uh, we might start off with a yes no for you, Gary, just to get you fired up. Um, is the NRL in a good place as a sport? Simple yes no. You can't give us any reasoning. Is the NRL in a good place as a sport right now? No. And uh, John. I'm going to give you one here. Will you miss Stephen Hawking working for the AFL? No. There, oh, what a start to the podcast. <laughs> Guys, um, had, had a bit of a different entrance into our podcast this week, but St. George have blown it out of the water with, um, I think they're going to have 12 players missing this week um, based on a COVID party. Uh, any thoughts in that regards at all? Oh, let's let your dad go, mate. This is first time on. Let's get him straight up. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's disgraceful what they're going through in New South Wales, and uh, it doesn't help the uh, NRL much, does it? Really, you know, it's uh, God. You've got to you really use your brains. You're putting it other people at risk as well, you know, and the competition. So, you know, I think they've just got to grow a set of brains. Really, do it's very disgraceful. So I think, what have we got? 300-odd-thousand dollars worth of fines. We've got a player who's now um, had his $800,000 a year contract torn up and he's got a really young family. Um, we've got uh, Jack... Yeah, 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 Paul. Don't yep. make excuses for them like the way they do in the courts. Oh, God, I'm like, not. Oh, my God. Oh, God, I'm you not. Know, no, um, the opposite. a terrible time. It, it, that's like his third or fourth breach of the rules. Oh, no, you're getting me wrong here, mate. I'm just, he knows. I'm just spitting facts right now. I, I don't feel sorry yeah. for any of them whatsoever. Um, I'm so sick of excuse culture for this garbage. No, mate, I've got absolutely none. We're on a different page for a second because that, absolutely not. I was just going to put a couple of facts out there. Uh, Jack DeBellin, who, you know, two years has got charges up. I'm hearing the news say, oh, you know, he was acquitted. I'm just going to be straight with this. And this is my opinion, not John's nor my dad's. He was not acquitted. The jury was hung twice. There is a very big difference there, so we need to get that right. Um, and he was hiding under a bed. So they're all absolute morons. I don't know if there's anything more we need to say. I think the NRL's actually been light on him, if anything. Kind of feel a bit sorry. I mean, I, you know, we see this stuff and you go, oh, I feel sorry for this or that. But, like, it's one of the NRL's flagship clubs. I just said to my wife today, I said, is there anything that footballers, it doesn't matter what code it is, can do to look more entitled than this? It's sad. Oh, I totally agree, John. Yeah, absolutely, mate. That's uh, very sad for the uh, competition. It, it, it kind of segues to something that I did have um, for us to cover tonight, and I don't think we even need to cover it in too much depth. 
but that virtual uh, virtue signalling in sport, where every round, every minute, every second has to represent something. Please, once again, this is not reflecting on John or my dad. This is my commentary on this. We don't need to have every single round or every single match to mean something in society. Like, we all stand, all of us on this podcast stand for people getting a fair chance. But I'm just, I feel like I'm being beaten over the head as a 48-year-old white man every second of every day. I just want to watch sports sometimes. Not when sure. the AFLW Brisbane Lions won the premiership, I think they wore the actual Lions jersey three times. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, I really, and I really like the Brisbane Lions jersey. I love it. Um, and I'd like to see them actually wear it um, sometimes, the actual one. Sorry. Does equality count? Yes. Does uh, people's sexual orientation matter? Yes. Does all this matter? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, it all matters. But every single game I'm watching at the moment, just please let me watch sport for a week. Let's have a, a watch sport round. At some point, um, I don't actually um, tune in to watch sport to find out who someone voted for because... I mean, you know, my best friend uh, votes for a different political party to the one that I vote for. Mm. So for 20 years we've had arguments and discussions about that. Um, And you know what? We're still mates. But we don't talk about it all the goddamn time. Every time he turns up, it's not like, well, you know, I did this and I did that. It's like, let's just do something different for a little bit of time in sport. And I'm sure it's only got something. it's, It's only got to do with money and advertising, and I can't, I just can't, we've been talking about it for a good couple of years now, Paul, and I'm done with it. I'd love to hear the position of someone like your dad who's far more um, experienced than I am in the affairs of the world, and a really decent dude, like, what does he think when he sees this every single time he turns on a footy match? Yeah, well, John, I um, I was very fortunate, I'm, I'm 70, 71 now, and I... I, I grew up in a good time in the, the 50s and the 60s. And I was just thinking of this today when I was coming on to talk to, with you guys. Um, I'd go into the uh, the rooms before the game and smell the leather and the liniment and see the boots stutter over there putting leather stops in, uh, talking to the players. Um, and the, the almighty dollar's taken over, hasn't it, really? Yeah. And it makes me a bit sad, you know. I mean, I used to go to the old punt road ground and it'd be really muddy and that, but you go there, I'd wear my Richmond jumper, we'd get beaten nine times out of ten, but, you know, I was passionate, I still am passionate, you know, but I'd like the football to come back a bit, I don't want rule changes, I mean, uh, you know, I watched them, I said to my boys, oh, when I was watching the games, it was great, but in retrospect, I'd, I'd see the games that I grew up watching, and I watched the skills of the 80s and the 90s, you know. The handballs, the kicking, it was beautiful. But, uh, yeah, let's bring back football, you know. Let's bring back the passionate fans, you know. I, just, I, I thoroughly enjoyed going to the grand final last year. Not because we won it, but, I mean, that was great. But being there with my son in the, in the grand final, uh, you know, he experienced uh, what I'd experienced five times before, you know. And, um yeah, it's just, it just makes me a little bit emotional with it all, you know. I just want football to be football. I know we need the dollars, but uh, 
you know, if the boys t- t- took a pay cut last year, well, you know, so be it. Too many players are getting paid over and above the, the amount they should be paid, you know. Just bring back football, that's all I say. I don't think anyone would argue with that. And, you know, I, I, I want to go back to what you said about the grand final last year, Dad. I turned to you at half-time last year. We thought we'd... Well, you didn't, but I thought we'd, we'd lost. And I just said to you, this is one of the best moments of my life, being here with you. So it was more than us winning or losing. So I I totally concur. John, um, even in the 80s and early 90s in, in Melbourne, you could go into the dressing rooms um, before and after the game. And there's some of my favourite moments ever in sport was Richmond lost by 10 goals, but I got to meet all the players. I, I just think one of the things about football, sport in general, is that it's a broad church. If you sit down, I can, I'll, I'll speak here from the position of being a coach, right? It's irrelevant to me as a coach of, and I'm mostly of young women, it's irrelevant to me as a coach of young women where they come from, what their background is, what their religion is, what their gender is, what anything is. What really matters to me is, one, uh, are they okay? And two, can they play? Yeah. And, you know, and that's that's the reality of sport. Like, the higher up you get, it gets a lot more into the can you play. A little bit further down, it's about, you know, how you're going. But you still have to put a team together. Like, um, I don't actually believe anyone stands around anymore and says... And look, you know, I'm a hardcore Catholic and I know about sectarianism in sport. I've seen it about, I've read about it, I've heard about it, um, whether it was in the UK, Australia or Ireland. I don't think that's around anymore. I think people are searching for it. Um, I, I don't believe it's an issue that is actually in dressing. I can't believe for a moment anymore that anyone's saying, I'm not going to actually play with you, you're this, that or blah, blah, blah. It would have to, yeah. You'd have to find. You'd have to really, uh, you'd have to really, as you said, go looking for it. I'll keep bouncing around a little bit here, guys, if that's okay. Um, look, at one stage on the weekend, I could be wrong here, but I think in the NRL, at one stage, we had two close games on Friday, but at one stage, I think it was about 184 points to 12 in four games. The new rule changes are destroying the traditional rugby league players and, and, and same in AFL, that's destroying the traditional fabric of the games. You, the, the standing on the, the, the mark rule, the, the amount of interchanges we have. The insufficient intent or something like that to uh, keep the ball in. These... Especially when the umpires don't have the balls to call it when it actually is there and sitting there staring in the face and it would change the game. It's just, uh, look, it's insane. I, I don't know what we can do. I, I, we're saying that we don't want rule changes, but maybe we roll some of the rule changes back or get rid of the rule changes per se, because the, whether it's COVID, whether it's the rule changes, whether it's athletes instead of footballers in rugby league and AFL right now, we're getting a horrendous amount of games that are over halfway through a game or halfway through a half. Yeah, well, Paul, step in here. I, I just think with that uh, standing the mark, it gives the uh, the forwards uh, when the, on the 50-metre uh, mark, it gives them too much of an advantage. It really does. I'd like that for change, even if they don't change the whole lot of it. But the out, with John, the out-of-bounds rule, I think 
the, the players. I did not like. Look, I'm getting really sick of watching AFL with the umpiring this year. Uh, and, and last year they had an excuse. But this time, um, you know, they're dropping the ball. You don't dispose of it. I mean, they get spun 360 degrees, you know. What's happened to the crowd yelling at ball and the umpire giving the, the free kick? It doesn't happen these days. Terrible. I think, I think they're, they're more concerned about um, policing head injuries. Um, so in all codes, contacts, and you go well. Um, you know they should be playing that. To, I, I actually think one of the shortcomings in the AFL for a long time has been that they haven't paid the tackler often enough. Hundred percent, hundred percent. and 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 now with all the pressure that comes on, if they did pay the tackler straight up, it clear. I reckon it clear a lot of that congestion out. Well, the, the, the one Dad's talking about, John, and probably you as well, is not so much the 360. It's when it becomes that 540. So they get spun around once, then they're spun around half a time again. And what happens is that tackle has done a great tackle, and almost invariably the opposition's got a free man. So the 540 actually aids um, the person with the ball because there's, there's usually someone at that, at that spot free for them. So the tackles are not being rewarded. And do we become a game where you don't tackle and you stand around the player, kind of, you know, almost corralling them? And who would want that? Do you know what I mean? Um, just on that, I was just thinking of a, a bloke like Glenn Archer. He yep. probably wouldn't get a game today because he was first in and under. Tough as, tough as uh, anything, you know? Uh, these sorts of players, they, they wouldn't be playing today. Um, I'm not saying it, uh, you don't want to slow the game down, but and John's saying you've got to reward the tackler. They don't. They don't get rewarded. And yeah, we've got to be careful for head injuries. I don't think the AFL are, are doing enough about it. And that rule, that's um, that's that's a joke. That well, really is a joke. The, the other rule. Off the hamstrings. I thought they were supposed to be coming off the concussion rules. The, yeah. the other rule, the other rule that I think is really wrecking the 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 guy who goes for the ball is the contact below the knees. The, if they actually did it the way they're meant to, where you know someone's sliding in and taking someone's legs out, you know, um, you know deliberately, we can all agree we don't want someone getting knee injuries. But now, if you slide in and go for the ball, and a guy sees you and goes, "I'm not going for the ball," he's rewarded it, 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 every single time. It, I yeah, Paul, what's interesting is in, in, in the Euros at, um, at the moment in, in football, I've been getting really upset about the send-offs yeah. and, and the penalties. And I, I don't actually... And now people are getting sent off in football when they win the ball. <laughs> First up, cleanly. Yep. And they're saying they've got a duty of care after they get the ball to look after the guy who wasn't in as good of a position as them to get. It's like... That's just BS. We, we all agree. If someone goes in, in the Euros or, or whatever in, in the world game, if someone goes in studs first, studs up, we get that, right? But what you're talking about, and we, I can't imagine any of us would disagree, they do a beautiful tackle, they slide through as you will, and then there's inadvertent, largely inadvertent contact on the person, right? On, and, and, and that is now considered a bad tackle. Holy. It's a game where people are coming from different angles and, and at the absolute highest level of international sport, you would expect, and I'm sure that your dad would agree with this, there'd be some endeavour to get to the ball. And and so it's not a perfect science. It's like, I'm getting to the ball, am I looking after my um, 
uh, opposition person um, with a view to his ongoing like health issues. It's like, no, I'm looking after the ball. Yep. And because if you don't do that, guess what? You're not playing at the World Cup anyway. Hundred percent. It's just bullshit. Now, Sorry. Now we've been a bit. I don't want to say negative, but it's been a bit of a negative start to the pod because it has been frustrating in sport this year. But there's a Wimbledon All-Aussie semi-final coming up. Two, 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 well, not semi, sorry. There's a quarter-final All-Aussie, and it means we're going to have an Australian in the uh, semi-final of the women's uh, Wimbledon. I know, I think that's pretty exciting stuff. Go, Ash, buddy. Yeah, I agree, Paul. I think it's great. I just don't like the way they handle the situation. With that uh, that young lady that has to play Ash Barty, the time difference. I mean, they put a men's game in between. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, they had Venus Williams on court three the other day. I mean, where, where where's the respect? You know, they've got to get it right. That's a it's that's so a annoying. that's a great a really great call because tennis is one of the 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 rare sports where you know. You know, for a lot of people who love it, as many people love the women's game as the men's. So there's there is little respect at the moment for the women's game, and it's more interesting than the men's game in a lot of cases. But that's just my opinion. But anyway, we're going to have an Aussie in the semi-finals of Wimbledon. I hope it's Tiger Ash Barty, but um, otherwise, you know, it's still one of them is going to be there. Okay, guys, Italy versus Spain in the Euros tomorrow. John is really excited. I, I know I will be when I get up and watch it, but I kind of, I'm hoping Italy beats Spain. I haven't enjoyed the way Spain's played, but uh, any thoughts on tomorrow's game? Um, to see those two great footballing countries playing against each other in a European semi-final is awesome. I said to you earlier on, um, I know I'm getting older because now I prefer to see the great um, old powers playing against each other and the, the absolute quality that comes from that. I'm not interested in upstarts or usurpers. I've been listening to um, <laughs> a bunch of podcasts over the holidays that I'm at school holidays about, um, uh, it's called Real Dictators. Yep. Different dictators from around the world. And I'm not interested in usurpers or upstarts. I just really want the old guard to get through. Um, yeah, so um, I actually think Italy have played a phenomenal brand of football in this tournament. I love the way they they went away after they missed the qualifications for the World Cup at, at, in the, in Russia. Um, and I had a bet with my best friend, the one I spoke about before, and I said, I'm pretty sure that Italy will win the next tournament they play in. And at this stage... Given I want England to win, I'm yet to be proven wrong. So I'm sure that Italy are going to be hard to beat. I well, agree, John. I'm going for uh, Italy. And I'm going for the old guard. I'm going for England as well. So Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm the same, guys. I think Italy's played brilliant football. We've spoken about that throughout the Euros on this podcast. England, Denmark. Uh, there'll be a lot of people going for the Danes. But I can say... in. You know, Dad and I aren't English, but um, I'll certainly be going for England against Denmark. I'd love to see an Italy-England final. I think that would be fantastic. England, you know, we've said it before, they've been castigated for their play in this tournament by their own fans, but they've done exactly what they need to do. And they were fantastic in the quarterfinals, and I think they'll take that form 
um, into the match against Denmark tomorrow, and I think they'll win comfortably. Paul, I believe it's a social media type of thing where, you, you know, you say they're cascaded by their fans. I think if you want to go and find on social media, on the internet, people who are going to moan about anything, yeah. you can find them. I listened to 606 from the BBC the other night after England got through, um, and fans are ringing in and talking to the BBC, and some are moaning and blowing up. And it's like, Gary, you're a taxi driver, right? Yes, John, yeah. How many idiots do you pick up? I oh, would it be um, one in every ten or so? Oh, one in five, mate, I think. One in five? Yeah. And, they, and they just talk crap. So um, social media gives these clowns an opportunity to, 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 to have a platform that they honestly don't deserve to have. Yeah. Um, if you're an England fan, and I'm an England fan, I, I put... England and Newcastle in the same basket. In my whole life that I've been alive, and I'm, I'm past 50 now, um, I've never had a win of a trophy from teams that I follow, ever. I don't care how it happens. I couldn't give a rat's about who's on the field. If the manager's managing it and he's winning, well, he's got my vote. I could, you know what? And if he loses, well, we'll go then. But you absolutely... The the, the 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 shipwrecks and the cataclysmic events that have come across England teams in the past. If you are an England fan and you don't think this is the best thing that's happened for a long time, like after the last time at, at um, Russia in a semi final of the World Cup, well, you're an absolute idiot. Well, I just love your. I just love your. Right, John, I, sorry, Paul. No, mate, you're right. I uh, totally agree there, John. I'll, I'll just go on the, the Richmond part, you know. And uh, I get on the Richmond sites on, 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 on the uh, social medias and, oh, mate, I mean, they want to get rid of our coach now. I mean, three out of four premierships. Uh, I mean, we hadn't won one since 1980 uh, to the current time. Uh, you know, I just, you've got it. Yeah, you get idiots there, mate, that haven't been there long term. Don't know what they're talking about. I think if anyone could win this Euro, oh, it would be fantastic over there for for their sport and you know, carry on for the World Cup as well. Yeah, that's it. If, if they do win it, Gaz, it's only one year to the World Cup in Qatar, which no one's going to go to. It's going to be a TV event. And they'll win it. I grew up with uh, Aussies versus England. My mum and dad used to listen to it on the radio early hours of the morning. Uh, mate, but I just uh, I got a lot of time for, for them. I just hope they do really well going forward because it'll be a great injection you know what they've been through what other people have been through but uh, yeah I really do admire it mate I, I love the EPL um, I'm a Villa fan like Paul um, and we were great that we weren't in relegation this year but yeah it'll be a great injection John yeah it's, Absolutely. it's funny come cricket time um, come the Ashes is the only time I can't stand England, of course, and that's what we want in the Ashes, Australians versus the English. And but I love the English fans at the game because they, you know, they bring the songs, they bring the colour, they bring the fun. So you know, a lot of people might want England to lose, but I can tell you now, I know a ton of Aussies who want England to win the, these Euros. Yeah, so. Footballs like that, I've, I've totally loved on on Optus, um, Dave Danutovic's little hits where he's been going around yep. all the different um, you know, clubs around around Melbourne and City. Look, that's what I loved about football as a kid when I came to Australia was I loved all those different 
ethnic groups and seeing on the phone and playing against the different teams and having a laugh and a ball. And, and I can still have those conversations anywhere. I went to I went to pick up my um, hypertension script a couple of days ago uh, and there was a guy sitting there in an, in an old school, like, 
being a coach at that joint in the middle of winter when the fog rolls in. Yep. It's like the coldest place I ever can remember. Mate, one of my... Not, one, not, very, not very nice, John. No, it's not. One of my favourite nights there, John, was actually seeing Argentina's national team play there. Yeah. It was just an amazing night. And, and I'm looking around and telling people, you realise this is Argentina? Like, this is Argentina. And people are like, oh, yeah, whatever. But it was so yeah. good to see the Pumas. Yeah, it's, another beer, it's a good spot. I love it. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Yeah, we used to have a neighbour. We'd go down there and watch it and... You get driven home by a cab, and the cab, and the, the distance from our house to, to the uh, ground would have made the cab driver very happy, John. It was a couple <laughs> few, <laughs> few hundred metres. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, now. That was 25 years ago, Paul, with uh, the fumes came. It absolutely was. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, I actually yeah, had. How awesome is that? I, I had. The last big team they had there was um, Queensland. Brad Thorne did a, a, a training session there about five years ago and we got the heads up because there's been a lot of involvement there with Miami and yep. and, and all that and uh, we went down there and it was literally me and the other coach and the Queensland team and all we did was sit back and have beers and watch them in the sun getting pounded by Brad Thorne. It was good. Oh, John, you're talking about a uh, legend of a uh, of a couple of codes there with Brad Thorne, haven't you? Mm. What an absolute a big man. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Yeah. Would have been a good AFL player too, I reckon. Yeah, and I, I don't think I would have said uh, I don't think I would have said boo to him if he was my coach. Um, now, Dad, you might not uh, you you would have heard this podcast a bit, but there is a section that we do called keep, kick or cuddle, and you get to right, yeah, keep right, one of the teams, kick one of them, and cuddle the other. So I'm going to start with you there, Dad or Gary, for everyone else. You can keep kick or cuddle Wimbledon. Tour de France or the US Masters? Nice, tough oh, one for you. Oh, that's a tough one, Paul. For me, first up, I love the Masters. I love Wimbledon. Um, I'd say kick the Masters. Whoa! Okay. Oh, jeez. Woo! Well, you know, I have a choice. Hey, you're, only on, you're only on here for a short time, not a... For a good time, not a long time, I guess. <laughs> yeah, look, I love the Masters when Tiger Woods was there, but, uh, yeah, I just don't like, to be honest, I'll tell you, I don't like the American coverage. Okay. You yep. know why, John? They don't show the whole uh, scoreboard there. You know, they'll just show the top 10, and occasionally they'll roll down. Their coverage isn't that, that, that good. They only concentrate on the the top five or six players. But anyway, that's, that's so we, my opinion. We're kicking the Masters. We're kicking the anyway, Masters. You're set, mate. You've got to finish it off. You've got uh, Wimbledon and right, Tour right. de France. You're going to keep one, you're going to cuddle the other. Uh, cuddle Wimbledon, I think. Yeah. And you're going to keep the Tour de France? No, I'm cuddling Wimbledon. Yeah, and then keeping the Tour de France. Yeah, but I, I do like the, the bikes. I like the spills. I like the spectators when they're running on out there with the bikes are coming. I think it's yeah, insane. No, that's, that's, that's me. I'm, I'm doing that, yeah. Good on you, mate. And that's the whole point of this uh, section. So I'll throw one that's over to... I want you to get me back again because I'll be controversial. I like it, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, can, I, can I give you a dad one? Because he's, um, yep. he's, our, he's our current senior, Sid. Yep. It's awesome. Gary, um... Um, keep, cuddle, or is it, what is it, Paul, I always get this wrong, keep, cuddle, or kick? kick? Yep. All right, um, old dudes footwear. Oh, 
Masseur sandals, Ugg boots, or Velcro runners? Oh, you couldn't pick the Ugg boots, but I've never had a pair. <laughs> Gone. So you had a set of Velcro runners? No, I don't like Velcros, mate. Yeah, no. I, I, I do like, I can still lace up my shoes. <laughs> I'm barefoot, maybe Queensland, just go around barefooted. Um, all right, what else am I going to do? Massive sandals, the old school ones with the um, spikes on them. Oh, no, no, no. Kick those. Yeah, He's kicking too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Kick barefoot is number one. Right. <laughs> and make sure you wash your feet. And, uh, yeah, I did, never liked the oak boots, mate. Right, it sounds like, um, sounds like going to mass on, um, on Good Friday when they wash everyone's feet. So, I, I, that's the first, I reckon, where we've kicked everything. We've just kicked yeah. everything. Um. Right, while we got Dad on a special guest, I'm going to keep hammering you, mate, just to make you feel really bad now. Um, Jeff Fennick, Costa Zoo, Jeff Horn. Keep, kick, cuddle. Jeff Fennick, Costa Zoo, Jeff Horn. Oh, Jeff Fennick's my number one, so... You're um, going to keep Jeff Fennick? Yep. Yeah, definitely keep Jeff. Um, oh, I like Jeff Horn, too. I mean, a battler, he's, he's got some money out of the sport, and I hope he stays retired. Um so you're cuddling yeah, Jeff I'd Horn. Totally the... I'd kick him. Oh, you're kicking Horny. And, and I'd keep... Uh, what have I got to do with Costa Zoo? you got to give him a cuddle. Oh, I'd give him a big cuddle. Absolutely. Even though he's gone back to Russia. Well, he, he has produced Tim. He has produced Tim, so I can understand your rationale there. Uh, John, one for you, mate. World Cup, the Euros, Copper America. Keep, kick oh, or cuddle. too easy. Uh, yep. World Cup, number one. It's yep. absolute primacy on, on everything. Uh, number two, uh, no, I'll go with the Euros. You know why? Because they play the Copper America way too much. They play it every, t- every couple of years and the Euros every four years. I think if you want a sport to actually transcend, an event to transcend stuff, play it every four years because yep. it's really hard to win. So there has been talk. Now, I think it's just throwing it out there. I don't. I think they're just testing the waters. There's been talk of the uh, FIFA World Cup being every two years. I, I think that's I think that's a crock. I think they've just thrown it no, out there. Happen. That's garbage. That, no, I think the greatest thing about the World Cup honestly is the fact, because you, you've got to wait. You, you've got to want it. Yep. John, can I ask you a question? Yes. Uh, what's the World Cup going to be? Is it going to be 48 teams? That's what I'm hearing. Uh, 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 no, not a guitar. I think it's still the old school, isn't it? Yeah. I'm not sure, mate. Yeah, well, I just think it's uh, that, that comes down to money again. I think I love 32 myself. <clears throat> oh, you know, they've really struggled at Euros this year with all the extra games that they're playing in the, um, you know, um, with um, the four, the four third place teams. That remind me a lot of the old Italian nineties and stuff like that. And I, I don't love that format, but. Yeah, it's given some good games. I told Paul, John, I think it was last week about that. I don't like that either. But you're right, it has given some good games. So, guys, there is thir- there is 32 teams in the uh, 2022 World Cup. Ah, uh, good, good, good. That's the way I like it. But so, I'm, a, I'm an old fogey, so, you know, I like the old things. <laughs> yeah, I like the old things too. This is why I'm going to ask you this question with some old players from Richmond, mate. Yeah. Um, um, you've, I know that you've um, 
been to all the grounds you've seen all the players. Who's the... Um, I, to me, I think, as just looking through modern-day glasses, I see Dustin Martin as easily the greatest um, Richmond player. That's because of just because of what he's done in the last five years. But um, Kevin Bartlett, Royce Hart and Jack Dyer, who's the number one out of that lot? Well, Jack Dye would say about Royce Hart, he got three shirts and two pair of pants. He said, I didn't get a tram ticket to go to uh, Park Road for training. Um, oh, look, I, I, loved, I loved the Jack Dyer. Um, he almost went broke in his milk bar, John, because he'd give the kids away free ice creams and all that. Uh, That's old school. Yeah, I'd, I'd love, uh, yeah, love Jack Dyer, mate. Um, as a modern player... I just think I've got the utmost respect for uh, Dustin Martin because of uh, he's all about the team. Uh, mm. Johnny took a, a, a bit of a pay cut to stay at Richmond, but uh, he'll That's make cool, it eh? at the end. But uh, he's just great, mate. He's good with the young blokes. I mean, that, the uh, 2019 Grand Final when he offloaded to Marlon Pickett, so Marlon Pickett could kick a goal, mate. I mean. So back in the day, so if we, if we go back to the 70s and yeah. I get that Richmond was a very dominant team back then, who was the best player outside of Richmond that you saw live uh, hanging around Melbourne at that time? Oh, uh, 70s? Oh, mate, I've always been a great uh, an opposition uh, player, you mean, John? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, anyone except Richmond. Oh, mate, I, I think Paul will know these answers. Uh, number three for Footscray and number 14 for South Melbourne. Oh. Skilton, number 14, and uh, number three, Teddy Whitten. Oh, absolute idols, mate. Uh, I, I saw Teddy Whitten in a State of Origin game, uh, John, run down from one end of the ground to the other end. One of our players went down and he went, locked the bloke, bloke down as well. I mean, that's old football. That doesn't happen now. Oh, that is pretty yeah, old. Those two players stick out, mate. Really? So, if I go, if I, I'm digging back into my mind, I'm thinking the, the best players that I remember as a child. You know, just when you're coming to birth and understanding sport. Um, yeah. What about Malcolm Blight? Uh, did you see him play? Yeah, I did. I did. I mean, I'm very, oh, very, very skillful. Yeah, very talented, mate. And plus, I had him in my cab once, and an absolute, <laughs> absolute gentleman, absolute gentleman, mate. Uh, look, John, I'll just transgress a bit and talk to you about a bloke we had at Richmond uh, in the 70s, uh, Brian Whale Roberts, oh. absolute legend at Richmond. I, I had a call awesome. to, go to, his, go to his pub in South Melbourne to pick him up one night. The, the pub was closed, so I knocked on the door and I said, how are you, Whale? So oh, you know me, do you? I said, yeah. The operator told me to go and pump up my tyres before I picked you up. <laughs> he was that big a guy and... Yeah, he was a guy who took me inside and said, you yeah, have a drink, so I had no excuse why I waited for him. But, but that, that was classical times, John, you know. Yeah, uh, beautiful. You know, the grounds were terrible. Money and, gosh, like, like the English grounds for the uh, football. You know? So what was the worst ground in Melbourne? Uh, I think Pump Road. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I think... Oh, mate, it was... I think Moravin, in my time, being obviously your son. I Moravin was always rubbish. But it was so much fun to be there. My mates and I yeah. actually drilled holes. 
they used to have this fence and they had signage above the fence, right? So we stood up on the fence. We actually drilled holes so we could stand up on the fence and look through the um, advertising signage and see the games. That was that was absolutely the worst ground. The Western Oval was freezing cold. I was lucky enough to go to Guinea Park and stand on rocks when Richmond actually caused an upset against them. I think Geelong might have kicked nine goals, 27, something ridiculous like that. Um, but... Moorabbin, I was there twice, uh, John, when the ground, when the um, grandstand caught fire, um, and it was an old lady behind us who dropped soup and then dropped her cigarette into the soup, and it caused the fire. We were there for that for that day. Um, yeah, that's awesome. I must have been a fire starter because remember Matt, my mate Matty, Dad. Yeah, yeah. And Matty and I were the last people in the grandstand. I don't know if you remember when the MCG. Um, Scoreboard caught fire years yes, ago. Yeah, years ago, the MCG uh, scoreboard caught fire. Richmond Carlton and me, Maddie and I were not the nicest people in the world. We were uh, pretty drunk Richmond supporters, and we were the last to leave the ground, singing "The roof, the roof is on fire." And that game actually continued. So they got the fire out. The scoreboards destroyed, and they still played the game. You just got to keep going, mate, because you got to soldier on. Like, um, the dudes I've mentioned a couple of times are both big-time Collingwood fans, and they um, flew down for the final Victoria Park match. And uh, there's a little bit of Victoria Park that resides currently in Lake, Lake Woods in Eleanora. Ha! <laughs> Love so it. If you, want to have a, if, you want to, if you pick anyone up from around there, um, Gaz, I'm sure they'll... Um, They'll, uh, you know, accommodate you as as required. Dad is reti- no, Dad is retired. John, I don't drive anymore, mate. I, <laughs> the stupid uh, John, if you ask people about Victoria Park, I had a mate of mine that was a trainer for St Gilda, and he was. Uh, G'day, was Robbie. Training. Yeah, Robbie, Robbie Bartram. He uh, he was there the day that uh, Nicky Winmar lifted his uh, his jersey and pointed to his skin. John. Hey, Dad. Dad, so were me. Dad, so were me and the boys. Sorry. So were me and all my St Kilda mates. Uh, and the drainage. Oh, that's right, boy. I remember that. The, the drainage, John. They reckon there was sewage coming out around the drains of the ground. So, and if you lost it, if you beat Collingwood at Collingwood, the old days was you get cold, a uh, cold shower. Cold showers. Yeah. Well, I think one of the great. One of the great untold stories about Nicky Winmar and his point to his skin was a St Kilda sacked him the next week. Yeah, but so who was worse out of Rich, out of St Kilda and the Pies? I don't know. Mate, um, we were talking about. Oh, oh, don't get me started on Collingwood. We were talking about. <laughs> oh, I want to actually. I'm trying to, mate. It'd be fun. Uh, if you yeah, want to talk about, to um, I forgot, Dad. Oh, oh sorry, guys. Um, I just wanted to say about Victoria Park. I've never been to a ground that smells more like pee and poo. And Dad, what Dad was alluding to, the, the, the water around the ground, it must have come straight from the toilets onto the ground. And I'm not saying that because I've, I've got respect for Collingwood, but that ground smelt like pee and poo, did it? Not that. Yeah, but I'll tell you what, Paul. I, I'm old school and I love going to Punt Road. I, I absolutely loved it. I, I, I love going to Collingwood's ground, especially when we beat them. The old grounds, Windy Hill, I've been to them all. You know, fantastic. Um, but Marabin, yeah, Marabin was quite good. Yeah, I enjoyed going there. 
wasn't far to get home. <laughs> oh, mate, the crowds, the crowds there. They talk about Collingwood supporters and Richmond supporters. Oh, Secure supporters weren't far behind us. Uh, you, uh, is that is that the is that the triumvirate of the um, you know the, the the supporters who most needed visits to the dentist? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I love that one, uh, John. But uh, look, can I just give a mention to favourite players? I, I loved him, and he, like everyone says, Kevin Bartlett wore twenty nine. But my idol growing up was uh, Ronnie Grant. Ward number 29, he, yep. he was our captain, and it just, oh, fantastic, you know, played for the jersey, um, and I, I met him in the rooms, really terrific guy, you know, and the Freddie Swift for that, John, you know, I mean, just like, go on and on, mate, and it just... Did you grow up in Richmond, Gary? No, I did, John, no, but uh, I, I, I think why I, I used to go to a, a few of the training uh, brothers here, and I never did the homework, mate, and that's why I left school work. Just a break in the uh, podcast to tell you about a couple of other initiatives we've got. Change Rooms for Change, which looks at what clubs can do uh, with their change rooms and volunteers to help those in need in the community. So it's just a source on Twitter and Facebook, Change Rooms for Change, to help people uh, get empowered and make sure their clubs are telling people what they can do. And also Three Mates Can. Three Mates Can on Twitter and Facebook, and that's helping men call each other out and treat women with more respect. Change Rooms for Change and Three Mate Can. These are initiatives of the Love Sport Podcast. I'll ask both of you this, and I, I won't have an opinion. In the next three years, that's what is usual for you, Paul? Uh, hey, mate, I've, I've you know I've got to give other people a say. In the next three years, based on whatever your parameters you want, out of these four teams, who is going to be worse off? St Kilda, West Coast, Richmond, or Carlton? So, in the next three years, which team is going to be worse off? St Kilda, West Coast, Richmond, or Carlton? Oh, I'll go first because your dad's a big AFL guy. I'll say St Kilda because perennially they're rubbish. The culture's garbage. Uh, they don't know how to get out of their own way. And even though Carlton have been down for a long, long time, I'll back them to dig themselves out and win a premiership before St Kilda do. How's that sound? Bloody good summary. Dad? Um, I disagree with you, John. I think uh, West Coast are uh, quite a bit of strife, actually. Um, financially, um, player-wise, uh, Josh Kendi, I think, is absolutely... I, this word's used too much, but I think he's a superstar. Goes about his job. Don't see him doing anything dirty, but I think, uh, yeah, they're not. And then I'd put St Kilda, mate. For years, they've mismanaged uh, the players, you know. They haven't handled it right. Uh, Carlton, I can't say anything good about them, mate. I'm, I, I went to the 72 grand final and the 82 grand final with Austin, uh, so I can't say anything nice about Carl. There's so many old school scars amongst all the big four Victorian teams, and they've, especially the old fans, I love it hearing their old fans banging on about, oh, well, bloody Carlton or Essendon or, geez, I hate Richmond or Collingwood. It's like those, those bruises just, they, they just don't go away, do they? Well, John, they, they, um, you know, the Carlton thing sticks for Collingwood. You know, Collingwood, you know, they're a successful, they've been a successful club, but since the 50s, John, they've only won four premierships. Oh, you I understand know, that. I, I still think it's that. Years, you know, so, I mean, I'll take my hat off to Eddie McGuire. 
you know, yeah. he did a good job with that club. I don't, I, I'm not going to talk politically or what his statements are on other players in other clubs, but, you know, they, they were in a lot of strife when he took over, and uh, I think he stayed on like some players that were a year too long, you know. But, uh, yeah. Well, we had it, we, we've had our say on, on it, I think, haven't we, Paul? Yeah, a number of times. I'm a big fan of his. Yeah. So, um, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of his. Um, uh, as a president, I like Peggy O'Neill, mate, because she's not out there sprouting, you know. But she's I, th- I do think that job. I do think Richmond are on the on the on the coming to the end of a oh. an, an, an unbelievable run of great of a one of, a couple of great players, mate. Um, well, John, oh, sorry, guys. Sorry, John. Uh, I'm just saying, John, you know, Cornwall won their premiership in 2008. Yeah. And they built a dynasty, and they didn't win until 2013. And mm. yes, they won three in a row then. Um, I think we're still... Look, I said to Paul, John, I just want us to be successful. By successful, I mean making finals on a regular basis. And I, I still stick to that. And, and I know, think I said to Paul... Great. I know you listen to all of our... All of our podcasts, and I think yeah. I've said over and over again, until we can actually vanquish you lot, we can't win. Do you, do you know what's... No, I'm, I'm I, I, give, I, I, give, I give complete fealty to the great Richmond team as, as I think, the one that's kicking down the door to be considered the best over my own club in, at the start of the 2000s. And... I want to actually win it this year just to actually close that down. I think you're the best place team to win it this year. I, I do want to say this um, and on record, John, that this year for Richmond, when you really look at what's happening with clubs, this year for Richmond could be the absolute making of the Tigers to reset pretty quickly. We've got we've got a number of teams... Are you all the Suns draft picks from four years ago? We've got we've, well, we've got a number of draft picks in the next two years from teams that they've traded yeah. players that have been okay for us, but wouldn't have won yeah. us premierships. Like the dude at the Suns. Are, I mean, I, the, the the traffic between the Suns and Richmond was a bit sad the other night when the Suns won that game. I thought, gosh, is that it? But but what, I suppose what I want to say here is this year we're one game out of the finals, so the years we could still make the finals. Don't get me wrong. But, I don't think you're gone yet. I don't think you're dead yet. I'm, but, there's no, there's no way I'm dancing around. It's not like some kind of an old school, like lesbian, feminist, like dance around a fire with just no clothes on. That that you're done. But oh, John, I love that analogy. I don't but, believe it's done yet. But just him. Just I, want, I actually want to see it. I want to see. Head cut off the state before I believe it. But just hear, hear me out on this one, okay? Just just for a sec, mm-hmm. just just humour me. We've got a number of teams, first and second draft picks next year. We're going to free up. We're going to have probably Edwards retire, Cochran retire, Hawley retire, which frees up you know close to two million dollars worth of salary cap again. I think Richmond's really really well placed with players saying they want to come to us next year. I think we're really well placed to reset in twenty twenty two and beyond. I I think this might be the aberration year, and I, I I do get a bit excited, and I'm a glass half empty guy. You guys know this. I think Richmond's going to reset next year. I'm I don't, I'm not too uncomfortable with this year at all. Well, yeah, um, uh, yeah. Um, I remember being in that position 
we had a chance to go for four in a row, yep. and then you lose after that. The two thousand six, two thousand seven is done. Yep. So yeah, if you if you do it right, yeah. But to me, draft picks aren't worth anything until you see what they can do. And, and the other thing that's been happening, and 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 look. People loved putting the boot into Hawthorne when they were starting to struggle, and they're putting the boot into Richmond at the moment. And that's, you know, fair enough. You know, we're a team that garners hate, and, and we, you know, possibly deserve it. Our supporters are the best and the worst in the comp. But um, one of the things that's been really funny, the narrative about our crowds being horrendous, and they have been horrendous by Richmond standards, but guess what? They're still on top of the attendances on average again this year. Yeah, but talking about crowds in COVID is pointless. Have... have... Have I sent you an abusive text yet? Oh, yeah, but nothing to do with sport. I'm waiting. The time will come. The time will come. But it's not... I'm not going to do it until I know that it's it's over. Hey, how many abusive texts have I sent you in the last few years about Brizzy? No, but I'm just saying that when you'll know when the time comes... I know. You'll know when the time comes. Okay, let's get on to one of uh, your favourite sports before we finish off the podcast uh, tonight. (laughs) Now, Ryan, uh, I just want to say something. Gary's got the right to reply on me. Yep, yep. No, I, I, I think, mate, I think it's uh, it's uh, out of you and, and the doggies um, this year. I, I really like, I think he's one of your best recruits you've had for a long while. I love him, mate. And Mitch Robertson, mate, I do. I really think he's as tough as nails. Um, he goes hard at the ball. But you know what? After the game, he's the first to talk to the opposition players. I think he's yeah, he's old school, isn't he? You gotta love that. This is not this is not Dad on the bandwagon, uh, John. We've had this conversation about Mitch Robinson before. Um, oh no, I think we might have had a similar conversation at the at the uh, at the deli counter at the IGA Corumbin. <laughs> yes, I think we did, uh, John. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, I'm up at the Coomera now, mate. So that's a fair way away. I can't find you there, mate. I'm going to get a little bit of, um, you know, a bit of shortcut bacon. I look around and uh, there's no taxi driver on over. Good. I think we were holding up people there at the aisle, mate. <laughs> we were. Well, we, we actually got moved on one day, Paul. But they come at the Indian dude who's running it. Um, he ran us out and he's like, no, you have to leave. It's like, oh, okay, okay, let's go. I love it. I love yeah. it. Guys, um, a sport that, you know, is close to my heart and I know that, some people, such as yourself, John, aren't very big on. But the NBA Finals um, start tomorrow. And we're, we're talking... Hey, just let me finish, let me finish. I, I am someone who's always loved the rivalries like the, the Celtics and, 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 you know, the Lakers and, and, and stuff like that. I've always loved it. But we're going to see... We are going to see in the age where the champions can pick and choose whoever they want. We're going to see the Milwaukee Bucks with a player... From Greece, who has is staying loyal. He's a, he's a black American guy, man. But Come okay, on. I understand that. But he's sticking to his team, right? A, a, a low market team, Milwaukee Bucks, up against the Phoenix Suns that had Barkley and guys like that over the years. We're going to see a new champion. So for me, that is actually exciting. And then once that's happened, let's get back to the uh, regulars. But um, it, it is a new series, you know. Starting tomorrow, we're going to see. That kind of first-time champion, which is pretty exciting. Um, well, that's good. And I'm going to leave the last word to your dad on this stuff. But what I will say is this, right? Yep. In my garage right now, I've got two cat litter trays. They're both on opposite sides of the 
garage. Yep. I clean them out. Um, one cat's black and one's white. Uh, one's quite smart and the other's an idiot. Um, uh, but one of them is consistently missing the litter tray. So whoever that person is in the NBA, I hope they win. I love it. I love it. Um, now, the, the other thing about the NBA guys here is that Ben Simmons um, playing for the 76 is probably his last game. He had an absolute shocking uh, final series where he wouldn't take a shot, um, did seem to panic a bit under pressure, couldn't make a free throw. Um, has he bailed on the Australian basketball team? He has. And well, let's give him the old... And not talk about him. I just wanted to bring... Like, who cares? I just wanted to bring this up, right, is that... Ben Simmons is not playing for Australia, right? Mm. But these guys... Well, isn't he having a rest? Isn't he having a rest? Oh, he's having a rest. He's having he's a having bit a of a... rest from not winning games. And that's what I wanted to talk about. That's been one of the biggest commentary things on Twitter this week in sport. I is... hate basketballers so much. They talk so much crap. They never, ever let up on virtue signaling and garbage and whatever. But what I love about you is that um, you... You never give an opinion, John. I, I, I just oh, that's American basketballers, not our own. I like it. I want the boomers to win. I'll be logged into the boomers like no one's business. I'll be looking for the Dalton brothers and all those guys. Can you hear this? Hang on, listening. Uh oh. There you go. I'm like, you know what? I hate American basketballers so much. Is that rude? I shouldn't do that. You're allowed to hate on whoever you want, mate. That's that's your choice. Matthew Delavadova has come back to play for the Boomers, and there's big talk that he'll be at the uh, Brisbane Bullets next year, so I'm pretty excited about that. Brisbane Bullets? I still go to the games. I still go to the games. and I can, Yes, and I can tell you this. Out of, all, out of all the sport, and you know how much sport Dad and John that I go to, out of all the sports... In the last few years that my stepkids have been to, they've been to AFL to see Richmond win nonstop. They've been to NRL games seeing the Storm win. They've been to. You're going to put out the old sideline about, oh, going to the basketball's the best thing for the kids because they make that music and stuff, aren't you? No, what I'm going to say is it's not my choice. When I ask the kids that the events or the sport that they've enjoyed the most going to, they have all said the basketball. So it's not our no, choice. You're the adult in the room. As the adult in the room, the kids love it. I take them to all the events so they can see every different sport they can possibly see, which is pretty lucky, right, to be honest, for a kid. That's there's the one they love. Honey, and there's not enough honey in this world to cover me in my beautiful naked body oh. at, a, at, at, a bull, at a bull ant's nest and roll around to take me to a basketball game. I'm taking you to one next Give year. Me a break. I'm taking you to one next year. You're coming to a bullets game. I'm going to hang out with Gaz at the IGA at uh, at Coomera, mate. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> hey guys, um, any? It's, there's so much sport on at the moment. Um, any anything you wanted to comment on? Any any questions you have to fire back or anything like that before we finish the pod? Can I can I do one on AFL? Yeah, of course. I believe Richmond are playing Collingwood at 4 o'clock Sunday afternoon. 10 past 4, Sunday, yep. What a load of rubbish. What a load of rubbish. Bring it back to 2 o'clock in the afternoon for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spot on. all the way, guys. Actually, spot on. And, and that, John, that goes for rugby league as well. 
I'm going, I'm going to the rugby test tomorrow night. And, we, you know, the kickoff's at 8 o'clock on a Wednesday night. It's like, I'm not going to get home until midnight. Yeah, yep. Um, and, you know, you want to have a beer and you can't because, you know, it's just too late. They've got a little renaissance. <laughs> That, that should be a good match, though, mate. I think um, hopefully it's a, it's a bit of fun for you out there. Um, we will be... Um, what I, I would have loved to have gone to that game, but uh, a 17-year-old has her party tomorrow night, so we will be chaperoning her birthday party, and I'll have the well, rugby I'm on. I'm essentially going out, Paul, as you know. I'm going out to celebrate with um, my other... Uh, with the head coach of Miami High, our Olympian, uh, Madison Levi, who's made the... Um, Australian Olympic team for girls rugby sevens. Um, she's we're so excited 19. for. Her. Yep. Um, she's from our girls program, and we always said we'd get an Olympian to get one like that. And she played for the Suns this year, as everyone would know. Yep. Um, what's in girls being dual international? You can't be dual international, but being at the top level of of, of, of multiple sports, uh, just phenomenal. That's fantastic news, John. That really, Paul was telling me during the week about that. And I think that's really yeah. good feather in, in the caps for all the people involved. It's you know, great. Yeah. And, and we say it all the time, John, that people can talk about women's sport and girls' sport. And I say it to Meg all the time. Girls have and women have to see. I mean, some of these people are pioneers, but the young girls and women who want to play sport at those different levels have people they can look to now. And that's the best thing that sport... Look, I'm not giving credit to any of the major sports. It's been coaches like yourself and, and different people who've garnered that, not the big sports. They really have dragged their tails for many, many years. Um, so it's people like yourself and our good friend John, whose daughter um, has consistently played um, you know, for the, for the Matildas and stuff like that. It's those people and their families that have got women to this level, not the actual sports themselves. And I'm just saying that. The sports have been piss weak getting the women to those levels. So, It's a a beautiful thing, and I think that most people who, um, most Australians recognise that the majority of our success at the Olympics comes from women. Yep. Um, So, you know, let's roll it on to the team sports. Why not? Uh, Hopefully the guys can do some good stuff as well. Well, yeah, absolutely, John. Paul, before you finish, I know we've run a bit over time. I'll ask you got this one question, you, John. Um, do you think uh, Alistair Clarkson's going to, and I know with the soft cap and all that, but do you think you'll see him 2022? Seeing Sam Mitchell's taking over in 2023? No. no. Uh, I, I can't. If, if it was, I'd say that's a silly move, isn't it? Well, that model didn't work for Collingwood, did it? No. Um, when, as uh, to quote Mick himself, um, handing over the keys to Ferrari, and which other club in the AFL, apart from maybe one or two, isn't going to say, oh, I'll tell you what, I think I'll have Elsa Clarks as our coach. Well, I, I can tell you now, there's another club very recently that made a very, very similar mistake. They wear uh, a sash like Richmond does. And that's where they had Warsfold stay on for way too long, um, you know. With and, and that's just a classic example. Look at Essendon now that they they've got one person to go to. They, they're they're improving out of sight. 
And, and that, I just think that model of how I'll hand over to you in a year's time is ridiculous. I, I can't think of any other sport that happens in. Well, would they be doing it because of the soft cap with uh, they can't sort of, with the, the money, they can't yeah. pay him out? And, and, unfo- and unfortunately, this is, you know, I think it's, I, you know my opinion on this. I do think the AFL needs to have a, a salary cap for players, but I do not believe they should have any kind of cap for coaches and staff, because the only people who, who actually lose out are, are, are people who, who work for the clubs. Wasn't that always the argument that Collingwood had under Maguire that, uh, when Maguire was there was that we, we could pay whatever we want into the football department? Yes, and, and, and so my argument there is what's the point... I've got no problem with that. I think if you can do it, why not? What's the point of a club... You know, honestly, and I've said this so often, right? What's the point of a club like Collingwood or Richmond or West Coast or any of those big clubs? What's the point of making all this money and having all these members and all this kind of stuff if they can't actually use it in some way? Yes, a player salary cap, I totally understand the draft and the salary cap, but this soft salary cap, in the end, is costing people jobs. And my mindset as a coach, as a coach and purely as a coach, is that does anyone really think that Miami High is the best funded rugby program in Australia? <laughs> no way. It's like, we'll just go and win anyway. Yep. So that's what you do, isn't it? Like, you got to... I, I don't really care about money or what you pay. I will say this. Um, I bet Alistair Clarkson wishes he had a move two years ago and gotten the current Melbourne team. That's a great call because this current Melbourne team uh, has all the ingredients. Dad believes that it's between the Dogs and Brisbane, but you've still got Geelong and Melbourne right there. I think there's a number of teams who can win it this year, and that's great for the competition. I think that's fabulous for the comp. Mm. Guys, it's been a... Well, Melbourne can finish about second. Yep. Um, yeah, they've got a good, good shake. And I'll, I'll be honest, John, I'm not a Melbourne supporter. I... I grew up with Melbourne, so successful. They won uh, six premierships, I think it was, five, six, seven premierships yeah. in eight or nine years. I mean, that was just phenomenal. And uh, but I'm not a not a fan of theirs. But uh, Simon Goodwood's done a, a, a fantastic job with those guys. They've been there a long time. Their current supporters have had not much. They, they... Uh, well, mate, um, you know, well, we've all been through that because you would have said that. The, most clubs. Absolutely. Melbourne wins this, St Kilda are the longest uh, one that hasn't won a premiership in a long time, mate, because Melbourne didn't win one. The last one was 1964. And well, St Kilda don't win it. You've got to believe, I hope we win it. I don't really don't care who wins it, apart from us. I'm sure they're the same. Yeah, look, mate, I, 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 I think I love the Brisbane. Oh, I tell you, I love Brisbane. When they won the, um, the three in a row, mate. Um, I, I, I think, uh, yeah, fantastic. They didn't get the recognition for those wins. If they had a Melbourne side, they would have been, you know, in the papers on the front page for the next bloody two weeks. But, uh, you know, fantastic. And, and Michael Voss is one of the best captains I've ever seen, apart from Ben Richmond, mate. Tough as nails. Tough yeah, as nails. What a champion player he was. Anyway. Yeah. Guys, um, it's been it's been a fantastic podcast. 
Dad, we'd love to, Gary. Dad, we'd love to have you back, mate. You, you know more about. We're not, not finishing, are we? We are finishing tonight, mate. <laughs> Got to do a bit of editing uh, on it. But please, um, we'd love to have you back on the podcast, mate. As we said, you, you give a different perspective, um, and you know, whilst you're my dad, we, we quite often disagree on sport, and I love that. And uh, John, uh, you just got to hold back, mate. You never you never give any of your opinions, mate. So you need to open up again. The last you know six months of you, you've just really held back, not given any opinions, and it's been disappointing. And that was sarcasm. I've been trying to, I, I, as I've trying to, been trying to be honest, and I'll be honest about this. So I'll say that I've I've bumped into, met up with your your dad many times in different places, and he's always the same guy, super positive, loves his footy. Um, I know he's a Richmond guy, but he always dips his hat to a decent performance by another team. Yep, and you got to respect that. Oh, mate, look, that's how... Well, that, thanks, John, that makes a lot. Thanks, mate. That's how we were brought up, mate, to... Um, and, and I've said some of my favourite... Even favorite... England. Sorry, mate? Even England, which not many people give you that for that. No, we were brought up to enjoy sport, and if you only enjoy watching your own team, I think it's a bit of a sad life, because there's so many other... You know, my favourite moments going to sport are quite often as a neutral when my team's not playing, because there's no stress on me. Um just, just one final thing, guys. One, one more thing, John. Oop. Paul, mm. Paul's mum used to say, it's only sport. And that's what it is, mate. And if we can enjoy it like that, it's great. Well, yeah. I just want to quickly put this out there, guys, and, and both of you would know this. Uh, this week I put out on Twitter um, that I want a lower league team. It started off in England, and it's now gone to anywhere in UK or the Britain or whatever we call it now. Um, and people put out their teams. So at the moment, the current list is Notts County, Huddersfield, Dulwich Hamlet, uh, Southend United, Cowdenbeath, Forest Green, Newport County, Leighton Orient, Bishop Auckland, Wrexham, Cambridge United, Hull FC, Hereford and Newcastle Blues Stars. There might be a couple others. But I, I just said I wanted a lower division team that I'll actually get behind and promote in Australia. And I've had some of these local... Te- I've had some of the teams retweet or contact me to say, come and follow us. So... Uh, if you do want to follow that on Twitter and you've got any other small teams, I'm not looking at a second or third division team. I'm looking at a national level or lower. Um, I said you play Spartans. What happened to them? Yes, you did. Sorry, I do apologise. Bly Spartans are on there as well. Um, but I suppose it's been a really awesome thing to open up. Um, people have given me explanations on why I should follow the team. Um, at the moment, I must say it is Cowdenbeath leading, leading because they've contacted me. Um, they get about 200 supporters to their ground. It's surrounded by a dog track like the Gabba used to be, or a racing track. And so they're leading their it. Their results always get read out. They get read out every single week on the BBC. Well, there you go. And uh, the, I think the exciting thing has been just to show people around the world that you don't just have to follow a big team. And mm. I just, I'm really looking forward to choosing one of these teams, buying their strips and kind of following them and, and promoting them in Australia. And, and the fact that a couple of the teams have come back to me, I think that's pretty cool. Bishop Auckland did the same. So, uh, well, Bishop Auckland's another, it's another um, North East team. Yes, and, and Newcastle Blue Stars also contacted me, mate. So it's, <laughs> oh, right. That's the original. Yes. So, but it, I just wanted to say, it's there is more than the Premier League or La Liga, or you know, and that's been such an exciting uh, adventure so far. I think it's had about fourteen thousand kind of interactions. So, I'll, I'll continue that for the next couple of months and make a decision. Guys, absolute pleasure, Gary. I hope we can get you back on the podcast. 
Um, oh, I would like to say one more thing. Please. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Get, get, get onto a grassroots side in AFL. I've got, I've, I've, I think I might be following the Morton Bay Lions, the, mate. So. Harvey's Corumban might do me just quietly. The Palmy yeah, Army. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, were you guys, right, guys. Wait, before you go, were you guys there the day that um, Wayne Carey came down? I at, was. I oh, was, absolutely. And did he have... one of the worst two minutes of my life. Did he... Did he's having two minutes of my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 club went down for that. And he did what he did. He's having in the first minute and a half. Mate, it was right in front of us, in front of the Nikon stand, the Nikon stand, whatever it was called. <laughs> and yeah, it was done. So yeah, um, no, no, for me, the only AFL Park team I go for is BBC. That's it. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's either going to be Morton Bay Lions for me, or I might get onto Aspley. So uh, we'll see see how we're going, but. Uh, <laughs> Why not? Aspley are garbage. Aspley are rubbish. That was John. You've got to say in your opinion. Yeah, yeah, I know. One thing I'm I'm honest, like uh, um, PVC, and not only PVC in AFL, but also in rugby and in baseball. Well, John, I'll tell you what, every time uh, uh, Palm Beach Corumban, if they ever play Southport, I hope we kick their... uh, Kick them into the next hemisphere, mate. Not a big Southport fan myself. Oh, mate, that's, that's a story for another time. And cricket. Obviously, obviously cricket. Oh, mate, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a good setup there at Palm Beach, isn't it? Love the job. You know what? You know what? It's the greatest blessing in my life, apart from my wife and and my 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 family, is the fact that I was lucky enough to... Stumble my way into Palm Beach Corumban um, Cricket Club. Best thing ever happened to me. There Wait, you go. Mate, I think you were playing. Um, I think you were playing seconds or thirds when I was playing sixths at, at one stage for a couple of years. Your memories of me are fantastic, and I love them, mate. So thank you, <laughs> guys. Have a lovely night. Enjoy the Euros. Enjoy sport, and most importantly, uh, love your family as you always do. I'll speak to you guys next. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Love Sport Podcast. Paul and John, your usual hosts, joined by my old man Gary. As we said, knows more about sport than most of us will ever forget. And uh, you can get us on Facebook and Twitter at Love Sport Podcast. Get me at Paul underscore football on Twitter and John at Lambic Peach. This is, was, and always will be the Love Sport Podcast. Design is right to remind